We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our special guest today is Amy Evans, Executive Vice President and CIO of Advisory Solutions at LPL Financial, which is a nearly $8 billion business. Amy is responsible for the technical leadership and the expansion and growth of the business strategy within the wealth management market. LPL Financial supports financial advisor practices through technology, products, and services to meet their clients' needs. What I appreciate most about you, Amy, is the investments that you make in others. Welcome to ROG. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. Oh, it's great to have you here. I am so grateful to Sabrina Bailey for connecting us. She is another one of our ROG rock star guests. So why don't we start with a little bit of your background, Amy? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, be glad to. Um, I've been married for over 25 years to David, and I have two children, um, which are right on the cusp of being adults, which is crazy that time flies. You know, anybody who has children or nieces or nephews, people tell you time flies, and you don't really believe it until you get older. My son's a junior in college, and then my daughter just graduated high school and is figuring out what's next. Um, I have two younger sisters, and then my parents, really blessed, they're still alive, and my mother-in-law. I think as when you and I were talking about this program, I have really had a fortunate family life. I talk to my parents every day um, and my sisters every day, and we're all on group chats and talk. And I think when I was honored to receive the invite on Return on Generosity, I really thought long and hard. I thought, gosh, you know, a lot of this has been instilled from my parents, right? And just from the warm environment in which I grew up in. And it's just a part of who I am and who I'm supposed to be and want to be. That's just a little bit about me. Mm -hmm. And oh well, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, um, because I think a lot of people, I have two dogs, which as my children got older, I'm very delighted I have two dogs. I love my children, but often teenagers are really, really hard. So the dogs have been a godsend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right? I know. It's like they just bring levity and warmth and joy. I'm totally with you. Love our four-legged children. Um, So you're the chief information officer. You've got a big job for a big company sporting a lot of big businesses. So like pressure, right? There's a lot of that going on. So how do you make space for, or where do you see the role that generosity plays in your leadership? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I always challenge myself to keep it at top of mind, but I do believe work is about the people, period. It's about who we work with, And whether they're our clients or our internal teams. And to my core, I believe that it's my job to make sure that people can succeed where they are. And ideally achieve more than they thought they could, which is really hard. I have a very large team and I spend a lot of time, you know, people like to use the words coaching or this, that, and the other, but a lot of time with one-on-ones regardless if they're direct reports or two or three people down, just spending time making sure that 
people can identify within themselves, what are they bringing to work and how does that help them engage and be valuable members of the team? Mm. Oh, that's so helpful. So how do you do that, Amy? Are those in one-on-ones? Is it just over the course of time you're paying attention to things? Is it formal, informal? Like, is there a process around that? Yeah. Um, for me, there's not a heavily processed as much as, um, I think it starts with me. I'm one of those that has always been who I am, you know, meaning, you know, authentic and genuine. And, you know, some people are like, oh, be, bring your whole self to work and your authentic self to work. That goes back to kind of who my parents were. Um, as I mentioned, I have two sisters and I think we would all tell you we're the favorite, right? We were all the special one. We were all can do whatever we, whatever we put our minds to. And then I think, you know, when I think about work, I'm like, just naturally, um, just trying to live out and being who I am and, and bringing myself to work and showing vulnerability. Shannon, that mm. might be some of it. it. Just nothing's perfect and no one's perfect and kind of owning mistakes at all levels and modeling that behavior. That's probably one piece of it. The other piece of it is one-on-ones. Um, I have one-on-ones with my direct reports and I accept any meeting that anybody in the organization asks me like, oh, can we meet and talk? Yeah. Um, I make time for that no matter what. Um, because there's got to be something I'm hoping, right, that they saw in me or something where they thought that I could help or they had a question they wanted to ask me. So you make yourself available. And when you're available to them, you're being transparent and authentic and present with them. And you're modeling your own vulnerability. So you're basically giving them permission to be imperfect and on the journey also, right? Just because you're saying you are, I am, we all are. That's awesome. And are there examples of times that you have witnessed generosity either towards you or generosity that you've been a part of that really stand out? Even just those simple examples, Amy? Yeah, I think that, um, I like how you said that. I believe most of the examples are simple and they are just Mm -hmm. small things that we can do for each other to um, lead that type of, um, or build that type of relationship. So recently, um, or not recently, over the past year, I can think of a few. One was... um, a young woman who's not even on my team. And I say it that way because often, you know, people that are outside of your groups, you know, for her to even have the courage to reach out to me, I thought was pretty impressive. And she asked if we could spend time meeting. And I was like, absolutely. Um, She's in a whole separate division. She's not even in the technology division. And she and I spent some time together and she kind of shared with me that, um, you know, she's, and she's a young professional. She's probably been in her career about 15 years compared to mine might be double of that. I don't know where the time went. I must've started when I was 10, but um, she shared with me that, you know, she was frustrated in her current position and she was looking for what's next and was visibly very upset about it. Right. That she felt like she couldn't do what she needed to do. She didn't know where to go. And, um, and I just spent time listening and then, it really helped her remove the obstacles that she put in her way. If you know what I'm saying, I think often we, we create scenario through scenarios and through analysis. When we think about what's next or what we're doing, we've, we may not be able to see the big picture. And so we started talking about what, you know, forget what she's doing now. What would the ideally be like, like, where would she really want to work? What would be her perfect job? And she didn't have to have all the answers but it helped her lift up and realize that 
you know, she has all these talents and gifts that she can bring to a position. And the point she was now was more of a holding pattern that she can get out of. And I'm sharing all this because I didn't realize it was really that impactful (laughs) until um, about a month later, I'm an avid reader. I received a set of books in the mail and they were from her as a thank you. And I was surprised. I was like, wow, um, I guess I made an impact, right? Because it goes back to, it's the small things, as you said, that you don't realize the things that we do every day, the interaction we have with people, regardless of levels that we are at these organizations are so impactful. Oh, for sure. And like taking the invitation really being present with her and listening. And I love how you said getting the obstacles out of her way that it sounds like she put there. Cause I think that's what we often do is we're the thing that's in our own way that we need somebody to remind us that we can remove that with, with confidence or with optimism or with a plan. Cause I also liked how you had her envisioning that future to get her excited about that and then give her the confidence or reminder that she has agency to get there. Yeah. So it's a, it's the taking time, being present with people. And, and when you were saying that, it was just a very reminiscent of some of my own thoughts and the ways that I get in my own way. So what, what are your perspectives on imposter syndrome? <laughs> I've spoken about this a lot. I have it. I um I don't know who doesn't have it. I want to meet those people because I don't know where they are. I have it a lot. I you know, I even look back at one point I had an opportunity to go to a leadership program at Emory University. There were like 40 people that were selected out of I mean, a very large group of people. It was a three-week program. I kid you not. I remember like the third day I felt like they were to come in and tap me on the shoulder and go, "Oh, I'm sorry." We spelled your name incorrectly, so we thought it was you, and it's not. Please leave the room. Um, And it was funny in that instance, another gentleman who was also in the program with me, I shared with him on the second week that I felt like they were going to ask me to leave, like that first week. And he goes, oh, my gosh, me too. And he Mm. was amazing. So I think imposter syndrome, we often think we need to be perfect. We think we need to show up and have a command of everything and know every answer or every solution and how to do everything. And that's just not human nature. And I'm most grounded. It's, and, and it, it's interesting for me because I am one of those, I'm very self-aware person. Like I know where I'm strong. I know where I'm weak. And I over-focus often on where my weaknesses are. But you think about that and then you think about imposter syndrome and it's almost comical that we do that, right? Instead of just saying, hey, here's what gives me joy. Here's where I'm strong. And just leaning into that. When I feel most grounded, I don't have that imposter syndrome as much because I'm focusing on those strengths. Yes, absolutely. I think that's another return on generosity, which is when we're generous, we're really focusing on others and not on ourselves. So then it takes some of that pressure off of us, right? It's like we're being of service, we're being attentive to others, and we're not as self-conscious or maybe insecure and doubting our own abilities, right? Um, So I think that's another big benefit to it. And then I think to your point about like who doesn't have the imposter syndrome, it's almost safe to assume that anyone you're communicating with, regardless of level, I mean, look at you, right? You're like the head of this uh, organization, you're an executive and you have such a tent, like a remarkable career 
career and you feel it. So then you think, okay, so this just must be a thing. So it's one of those assumptions that we can make and we can be kind and gracious and generous towards people and just kind of be more encouraging, I think. I think that would be um, beneficial for most people. Yeah, Shannon, I absolutely agree. And if people don't have a trusted network, you know, I would I would challenge them to build one, right? Just and whether it's even at work yeah. or outside of work, having that team, right? Mine clearly is my family. And then I have former colleagues and current colleagues that I can share that vulnerability or those moments. There's also times where it's so important to me personally, the generosity I've received, right? And I and I think similar to the story I shared about that young woman, I I don't take them for granted. Like I can't, I just am so glad that I have this community of trust. And I would, I would hope that everybody has their own. And whether that's your family, which clearly mine's my family, it's current co- co-workers and former co-workers. And then some, I would tell you some business coach people that I have. And with them, I can share those vulnerabilities or those times when I'm questioning, am I good enough? Can I do this? And you know, they're your cheerleaders, right? They're the ones that sit there and they're like, yeah, you've got this. Um, I've had over the years, I've had times when I want to pack up my toys and go home, so to speak. Um, and I immediately reach out to right, these networks of, of I call them, you know, support just to reaffirm that, no, you're, you've got this, right? Or help me remove the obstacles or help me remove the questions. And um, I find that just so valuable. Me too. I so appreciate that. So for our listeners to think about who is in your network and be really intentional. That's what I'm hearing you say. Be intentional about building your network, get involved. And one of the other things that you and I have in common is women in technology. So I know that you run the EWIT, which is the Empowering Women in Technology at your firm. would love to hear your thoughts on the the feelings or the value that you have around EWIT, but also just joining groups of people who are like-minded that can support each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so it was, it was great when I, um, when I joined LPL probably three and a half years ago and um, EWIT, I think it had been around for about a year or so. And then they asked me to take it over and, Immediately, I identified groups of women who wanted to be a part of setting up the programs and or um, just driving what we were trying to achieve. And what was really clear was, you know, a lot of things on career path and confidence and communication skills. Um, We have a few hundred women in technology at LPL, but we immediately opened we have monthly programs and we immediately opened it up to all of technology because to me, it's a communication and it's a support network for men and women. And the topics aren't always about women, right? Like just as we've shared a lot on this current program about imposter syndrome, it could be about how to have um, hard conversations. It could be about how to handle change, um, which we just did this past month. And in opening it up, I think that it has really helped the awareness of our male colleagues on where women have struggles and, and opportunities. And then additionally, has helped a lot of women because we get a lot of feedback on just, you know, figuring out their career journey, figuring out what they want to do, or either getting small wins on 
you know, some of the programs we've delivered. And I really, my goal was when I set that up, that it could run itself. And it really has, because the program Mm -hmm. is, you know, as they say, for the people, by the people, but it absolutely is, right? It's women building and creating topics for women and inviting men into the conversation. I love that, that inclusivity, right? Because here we're talking about wanting more inclusion and belonging. So when we're a part of these organizations, these groups, these ERGs or business resource groups, whatever our companies call them, to be inclusive about who can participate, because you said we're all learning together. And for the men who are joining, those who identify as men as well, that they can learn some of the challenges and how they can be allies. So I just I think that's such a such a great thing that you're talking about here. Um, So joining and participating in some uh, employee resource groups is such a great idea. So another thing I wanted to ask you about, because you have a career in finance, and I think finance and money is something that a lot of people struggle with in general. So we're talking about things that are relatable to literally every human being. Um, Are there some truths or some um, kind of insights that you've learned from being in this financial world, your entire career, that just to help you to understand like just what some people worry about or how generosity plays a role related to finance? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a big question. Um, yeah. So I started out my career in finance, as you mentioned, and I, um, finance and technology, which is interesting. I did not get my degrees in that. I got it in French and political science. So, um, which makes it even more interesting. My first job was at, which is now Truist Bank. And I worked there for over 20 years. And I think about, you know, how generosity plays itself out. I didn't know much about finance. Since then, I've, you know, I have my Series 7. I have a lot of um, knowledge now under my belt. I remember right when I started that job, within the first year, my boss um, pulled me aside. You know, I'm into my early 20s, mid 20s, and pulled me aside and said, Amy, you need to put money in the 401k. Now, I don't know about, maybe there are a lot of young people out there that did that. And my father is very astute with finance. So I was aware of it, but I I was like, no, 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 I need all this money to live. I've got to be able to go out to dinner and movies. Um, She explained to me very quickly to go ahead and put the money in the 401k, which I will tell you, I will ever be grateful because I think because of this woman's generosity, Uh, When the time comes, I'll be able to retire. Seriously. Like you think about that small step. Mm -hmm. Finance is where I am now. We have over 20,000 advisors, right? Financial advisors and financial planners and serving, serving the key word there, millions of investors. And I often think that people think they need a ton of money to have an advisor or an investor. I I would say no. What what the goal is um, when I think about financials is, to be able to save for what you find important. And that is so key to me, meaning do you want to um, pay for an education for a child? Do you want to buy a house? Do you want to retire? And I think people get overwhelmed by finances or debt or just money in general and might just stay away from it because it gets scary. But I think if you, if you change the conversation with yourself or your families and really look in and say, okay, If I'm in debt, how do I get out of it? There's a ton of free services that will help you get out of debt. Um, There's a ton of financial planners that 
will help you figure out what you need to do to do that. Um, because just like we've talked about taking care of your career and yourself, I think taking care of, you know, the money that you have and what you've earned so that you can do with it what you want to do is just a part of a whole health. Thank you. That really helped. And I love the bit about the investing in yourself, the 401k, and even doesn't matter the quantity, right? It's just the practice, the discipline, the habit, and also like you don't see it, right? Because it automatically goes into your savings. And then to have a professional who can help you understand what your financial roadmap looks like. Because I think some in some cases, it really is paycheck to paycheck and it feels very tight. So we want to help individuals who are living that way to find ways out of that you know, feeling like you're always catching up. Um, And for others, it might just be an awareness of what you have versus what you need. And I think sometimes the illusion is that we, we need more than we actually need to live, to survive, to invest in the things that you care about. Like you said, to have some excess that we tuck away and we save, and then also the money that we want to contribute in, you know, in terms of philanthropy and financial giving externally. So all of those are factors to your point about a healthy life, a well-rounded life, well-being. Yeah, I think that finances are so overwhelming. When you said that, it's like, you know, you can't eat an, you eat an elephant. What is that saying? Like one bite at a yeah. time. Regardless of where you are, I think just seeking the right people and the right discussion to figure out like small steps on whatever that looks like. Um, I think I shared with you, like my husband and I volunteer at a homeless homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. And that is the example of um, paycheck to paycheck and helping these individuals like figure out how do you make baby steps to get in a better Mm -hmm. place. So, and a lot of it is financials. They're overwhelming. People get shell shocked by them. And I understand that fully. And And it's like, how can we, you know, just through generosity and advice, just help people make baby steps to get out of situations like that or right if they're in a different stage start saving for bigger things or give to places that they find that's most um, fit for them yes so true right because you're serving them meals and you're also communing with them and talking with them and learning what's going on and that's where we can also leverage some of our strengths and and life experience to help people out in ways that we didn't really anticipate right I love that so for for those who are listening that are thinking gosh this sounds really inspirational I I appreciate that. I understand it, but like, how can I apply this? There's something that we do at the end of every episode, which is to recap. And we talk about the takeaway tip. What are some things that people can do to um, be more generous leaders and to practice some of the things that they're learning from our guests? So here's a couple that I captured from you and I'd love for you to add to this, Amy. So one of them is around coaching others. So we should you, you, you t- talked more about like making time for, like you accept people's calls and requests for your time. I was interpreting that as coaching or mentoring, really listening to people. Um, and then when we're doing that, asking those bigger questions, like what is the ideal like or what would be exciting to you, that future focus. So either having someone help you to figure that out or do it for yourself or to ask people those bigger questions, those more life goal, career goal kinds of questions. And then what's in their way? You know, what's getting in your way? How can we get that out of your way? And then another key thing I heard you talk about is building a network. 
And you were talking about family, friends, coworkers, joining networking groups, being a part of employee resource groups. So what else would you offer to our listeners? Ways that they can practice being generous at work. Yeah, I'll just kind of a little bit more on the network. I think people, some people are like, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to build it. Or either that, and it would be the same answer for also getting coached. You can reach out to anyone and just ask them to have a coffee with you. And the first question you ask is, Shannon, tell me about your career. How did you end up doing what you're doing? Right? It's not like you need to have an entire list of questions or a list, but you're going to meet with that individual and ask them about their career path or what's important to them. One or two questions, that's it. And then you'll start developing that rapport. And either it can lead to a coaching or a mentor or your peer group. And I, I think that it's just that simple leaning in um, that is so critical that I know a lot of people, and we've talked about it in EWIT, a lot of people overthink how to communicate or how to connect with people at maybe more senior levels or more senior in experience. And I do think it's really simple just to reach out. And if the person says no, there are other people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, right. It's not just, and it might just not be the right time that day, right? That's the moment you, you reached out. And I think the couple, two things that we've talked about already, which is imposter syndrome and networking, I find that the sentiment most people have is that, well, what am I going to talk to them about? Or they don't have time to talk to me. Or who am I? Why would they make time? They are, they're so busy. Um, what can you say to somebody who has received those requests, but also who have made those requests? What, what, can, what can you dispel about that belief that this is somehow somebody, a waste of time for someone? I think it shows courage and initiative. And especially if you're in the same institution, right, the same company, I think that it's so important too, because now you're on that senior individual's radar. Now they know who you are. You know, now you are probably building a champion with inside that institution that you didn't realize you'd done, right? The rewards for the person who reached out are just huge. And then on the other side of it, most senior leaders want to help, at least I've found. And again, if they're the ones that say no, find another one. Yes, totally. And do you think that the individual reaching out should have an ask or do you think it's best to just build rapport and make a connection? I think if there is something specific, absolutely. If it's more so to make a connection, I think it's really, I always recommend that you just lean in on, hey, I'm just trying to build a stronger network at my company or outside Mm -hmm. my company. And I just, the, the ask would be, how did you get where you are? It's that simple. Right. So encouraging because I think a lot of people at various levels feel this way. They understand what you're saying. Networking is important. It's a key component to a healthy life. It's something we have to invest in. And yet we're not doing it. And I think part of it is that imposter syndrome. We're using that as an excuse to not do that courageous thing, which is to reach out. So for all of our listeners, think of that person within your organization or somebody in your network laterally that you think is just awesome and you want to connect with them and tell them why you admire them, make some time and then ask them that question. Tell me about how you got where you are or tell me about, you know, what led you to this career. It's just that that launching place and then let the rest take care of itself. (laughs) 
Uh, well, Absolutely. thank you, Amy, for investing your invaluable time with us and giving us this wisdom and encouragement. We so appreciate you. No, Shannon, thank you so much. This was a pleasure and a highlight, I think, not only of my day, but probably my year. Again, I, I want to go back to the beginning and we have to be intentional. To me, the most important thing is to take care of each other. And I think what you're doing here with Return on Generosity and the platforms we all have at work allows us to do so. So thank you for your great work. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.